On the 25th of January 2020, the very first episode of the podcast you're listening to right now went live. Today we celebrate four years of conversations with people that have found the courage within themselves to share a mix of heartbreaking, amusing and humorous breakup stories with romantic partners, family and friends. As of today, the podcast has 805,000 downloads and streams across all major music and podcast streaming platforms and is listened to in over 100 countries with the top five being the UK, Zimbabwe, South Africa, the United States and Australia. We are well on the way to smash 1 million downloads and streams over the next few months. This podcast turns forward today with pride and definitely deserves being called a senior toddler now. This would have never been possible without you. It wouldn't have been possible without the people you have shared the podcast with. It wouldn't be possible without the engagement on social media platforms. And more importantly, it wouldn't have been possible without the goodness of your heart expressed financially through buymeacoffee.com. So, all I have to say today is, thank you. Is that a breakup? I think we have a situation right here. So last we spoke, um, you had gone over to the hospital to get uh, your pregnancy stuff checked out and Kaya did not pull through. Yeah. So let's pick it up. Yeah, let's pick it up from there. So after the doctor's appointment alone, or rather with a colleague of mine, let's give him a name because he's going to appear quite a number of times in the story. Yeah. So let's call him Sindisi. Go Sindisi. 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 Sindisi, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So life goes on. I still try to have a conversation with Kaya about the pregnancy and still that doesn't help. There's no talk about it whatsoever. Mm. But um, be in mind that between the two of us, no one has said we're done. Right? Ah, okay. In that moment. Mm. And for some reason, I felt, I still had hope that maybe he'll come around and we'll play happy family or whatever. Mm. And let me take you a bit back. There was a point when uh, I spoke, I brought up the issue of contraceptive. With him. With him. Yeah. I'd never been on contraceptive ever. And I say to him, I think it's best we we find what works for the two of us. Mm-hmm. And his response was, why? Okay. Yeah. And I mm. say to him, <laughs> "Is it? It's obvious, Mister. So that there's no baby. Mm. So for me now to then find out I'm pregnant after having that conversation with him, it was um, a hard knock because for me I'm thinking I had I had the decision to make because it's my body. I should have made this decision despite the conversation not having gone well." Mm. I should have just had made that decision and look at me here. Mm-hmm. Now I'm pregnant with a guy who clearly does not give two shits about me. Mm. So it was also something that was, you know, that made my pregnancy journey a bit not so enjoyable yeah. because I'm just thinking I should not have been here, but he am. Mm. And why didn't, you, why didn't you go on contraception on your own anyway? 
But it's why, a very good question. But why do you need a man to validate that? Because um, there are two things that can happen here. He can help with that by using the condom, um, yes. which clearly did not seem like he wanted to do. But you also have mm-hmm. the option of putting things in place yourself as well. So if he didn't want to play along, purely because maybe he didn't enjoy the sensation of sex with a condom, he could have continued without the condom, but then you would have gone the other way to make sure that you are on contraception. So yes. it, it was a 50-50 thing for both of you to, to play. It's nobody's responsibility apart from each one of you fully. So why didn't you take responsibility yourself? Okay, firstly, when, when, uh, when I spoke to him, it was just conversation with my partner, not necessarily me seeking validation from him, but just uh, a conversation of saying, okay, so I think it's best that I go on contraceptive, right? Uh-huh. Then when we then had the conversation with him, it was more of, I don't get it, right? From his part. And sadly, like I said, I just did not then make a proactive decision to say, okay, despite what this guy is saying, which clearly didn't make sense, I need to be on contraceptive for me. I just did not go on contraceptive and that's it. Mm. Yes. Okay. So one day he just shows up at my house. There's no mention uh, of the pregnancy or checking in on me or whatever. And then after our hi, hi, how are you? Guess what his first question was for me? Mm. He said to me, uh, on your last work trip, who else from work did you go with? <laughs> okay. Um, I tell him the people who I went with, not that he even knew all of them, but for some reason, dummy actually gave this nigga a list of people who I went to, to the trip with. And then he says, I hope you get where I'm coming from. When your girlfriend is entertaining other people, then you've got so many questions. Mm-mm. Then I said to him, okay, there's a bunch of older women I traveled with and a bunch of guys my age and some older that I traveled with. So I'm not understanding where you're coming from right mm. now. Mm. And he asks to see my phone. Once again, I hand him my phone and he goes through my messages on WhatsApp, that is. Then he goes to my Instagram, he goes to my Twitter, he goes to my emails, both the work ones, the personal ones. And I guess he was disappointed because he didn't find whatever it is that she was looking for. Mm. And I only realized later on that he was looking for some dirt on the charts between me and Cindy. Mm -hmm. So now because he didn't find anything, guess what he did? He uninstalled my WhatsApp so that he can reinstall it. And if I had deleted conversations with this <laughs> other guy, then they would come. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Then they'll come back. But then I never backed up my chat. So after, so remember, firstly, he was disappointed that he didn't find whatever he was looking for. Now he uninstalled my WhatsApp to make sure that he gets what he's looking for. So now everything is blank. 
Exactly. So now he, he, I don't back up my WhatsApp. There's no chats that you, there are no deleted chats that are coming back. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't he throw a fit? Mm. Now he's asking me, since when don't you back up your chats? I'm like, since ever. Why are you asking me as if you knew maybe prior to this conversation or incident, I used to back up my charts, mister. Now he's hitting the wall with his fists and I'm just standing there and I'm like, okay, how many weeks, what's about to happen? How many weeks pregnant were you by this point? By this point, I was around 16. So four months. 16, 17, yes, 16, 17 around this time. Mm. Now he's eating the wall, but he also has my, my phone in his other fist, right? I'm just standing there, confused, one. And secondly, I'm still digesting what just happened, the whole questions, the whole phone thing, the whole deleting of my WhatsApp. I'm still trying to process everything, and there you are hitting the wall. And I'm right there. Mm. And you're not saying anything. He stops. He's bleeding. Then he says... I'm going with your phone. I'm, I'm saying going with my phone where and why? He says, I'm going with your phone. So coincidentally, a guy from work calls. Mm. He's, he's, he was doing his, his monthly or quarterly report and then he wanted some, some documents from me and everything. I call, this guy pick calls, I pick, I said, can I please have my phone? Mm. And he's, so when the phone rang, I'm sure in his head, he thought it was in CDC. Mm. Sadly, it was wasn't mm. then i talked to this guy i said okay that's fine mm. um, i'm just doing something i'll send them to you in a bit and that's it i hang up then he says i'm going with your phone and i said okay, it's fine just in case my family wants to call me let me tell my people that i don't have my phone they can reach me anywhere else mm. then he says why do you have to tell people that and i said i have people who care about me mister just in case someone is trying to call me and they can't get hold of me next thing they're getting worried so i want to tell them not to worry that i don't have my phone but i'll have my phone tomorrow Hmm. then he says so who's the first person you want to call and i say to him my mother so i don't know maybe you just thought why are you trying to call people and then the next thing i'll have your phone so no then he just decided no it's fine i'm going to leave the phone because there's nothing in it anyway then I said to him, so what were you looking for in the first place? Then he says, I know you're not moving straight. <laughs> I did, you know, but what you're telling me all of this stuff, I'm just thinking about what that bounce at the door said to you. Right? Yeah, I, I, I really am because this is, I'm, I'm actually quite worried. Like, very worried. The, the thing that gives me peace is that I'm talking to you now in person. So, so, so the worst didn't happen, but at this point, the, as I'm hearing yeah. the story building, I'm like, geez, the worst didn't happen. Mm. So I get to, so I think it's a problem that I have usually my first, my adrenaline rash, my response, my reflex hardly goes to flight. I usually get to fright or freeze. Mm. And in that moment, it went to freeze. Because Tinto, I was simply standing there, mm. not screaming, not crying, not saying anything, but watching this guy. Hit the wall, do everything he was doing with my phone. Was, he was breathing heavy and all of that. Gives me my phone, I move back. But then the adrenaline switch flipped the moment I got into my house. 
because now I'm I'm picturing what he was doing to the wall, and I'm thinking, okay, what was that about? Mm. What if he actually had hit me? So now I'm shaking. The reality sinks in, and I'm crying uncontrollably. Bear in mind, no one knows about this pregnancy except CNDC and me. In this moment, what, I'm trying to. What were you waiting I, for in terms of talking about? It? I know in the first trimester, for some women, it's because there's the risk of you know a loss of life. Were you were you holding so, back for the same reason? Not necessarily, uh-huh. but for me, it was that, and also, I had in my heart of hearts, I still had that little hope that maybe we'll come to his senses. So when I go say talk to my family, I've got all the answers for whatever questions they're going to bring my way. Mm, that's okay. that's what was going on in my head. I wanted to say, okay, so the moment I'm going to break this news to anyone, I'm going to have my answers right there, mm. and especially when it comes to my family. Mm-hmm. So I get there. And so after the incident with the phone, right, I struggle. I do what I have to do. Remember a guy from work had called me wanting stuff, stuff for me. Now I had to stop my PT party and try to do some work, then send this guy whatever he wanted. Then somehow my WhatsApp stopped working, Tinto. How? Like, it looked as if I never had a WhatsApp account. Like, like you know, when you delete your account mm. and then, yes, the app is still in your phone, but then you have to do that whole thing of putting your number, your username, your profile picture, and all of that. Right. So the following day, my WhatsApp was not working. I, I literally did not. I was not on WhatsApp. Mm. Now I'm thinking, wait. How do I just go from being on WhatsApp and then the next day I don't have a WhatsApp account? Mm-hmm. I could not go back to WhatsApp with that number because somehow it wasn't in use or it wasn't there. Mm. So I had to use, I had to change my WhatsApp number. I changed my WhatsApp number and I couldn't tell anyone this. I'm going through all of this by myself. No one knows. I go to work, I can't function. I can't work. I tell my um, my friend, we really need to talk. I need to see you. She says to me, I'm close to your workplace. When you're done, pull through. Mm. I pull through. I show my friend the CT scan. She's all happy and she's screaming, but then she can see my face is just blank. And then mm. she says, did you want this? Then I tell her, ma'am, no. But then that's what it is, what it is. It's yeah, so might as well try to enjoy it or celebrate it. But then that's it. Then I tell her everything that's been happening. And then she says to me, that's really creepy. So tell me you're done with this guy. And then I say, no, none of us has said we're done. So I could see the shock on her face. You know, that moment when you're saying what and why. But I could not give you those answers. But like I said, in my little heart of hearts, I was still hoping that this could somehow, I don't know, miraculously, this guy would would pull through. And then Cindy is now coming coming in hard. He's always checking on me, he's calling, and he kept checking with me. So 
what's the deal with this guy? We are not the family is going to know. What's the actual plan? Are you guys going to co-parent? Is marriage um, in the books? What exactly is going on? And I kept telling him, we haven't had that conversation. Then he says, ma'am, you're in, the se- you're in the second trimester and you're telling me you haven't had the conversation with this guy. So isn't it about time that you accept the fact that you're probably going to be doing this on your own? And that's when the reality really, really sank. Mm. And now I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? Mm. And how am I going to tell my family? So funny enough, my mother kept calling because me and my, my family were staying in different cities. My mother would always call, we're coming through for this conference. We're coming through for this. Can I pass by and say, hi, we're close to your office. And I would always, always avoid my parents. Mm. I'd always tell them I can't jump out of a meeting. Work is tight. I'm out of the city. I'm out of the country. I would always lie. Mm. But funny enough, during that period of time, my mother would call to check up on me. She would be texting more than she would usually text. My dad on the other side would also be calling and texting, but none of them knew what was happening. Then <clears throat> reality sank in and I'm just here. And still Kai is a no-show, but he's still just being the psycho that he is. Mm. And then one day he randomly shows up at my office. And he says to me, so for me, every single time he would show up or every t- single time he would call me, I was hoping we were going to talk and settle things. But somehow it, with him, it always went sideways. It was never about the baby or anything. Then he says to me, how can I ever be sure that this baby is mine when Cindy sees all over you? Then I said to him, what do you mean he's all over me? You texted, you saw the messages on my phone. You were looking for that rubbish in my phone, but you never got the trash that you were looking for in the trash can. So what do you mean this guy's all over you? Then he says to me, confirm or deny the fact that when you went for your first doctor's appointment, this guy was with you. Aye, 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 aye. What, what's the, what was this guy's fascination with putting you in the naughty corner and making sure that you, you squirm until you say something? He already knows. So why not just say that? I know that you went to this guy. I'm jealous. I don't like it. Exactly. Then I said, yes, I went with him. Then he says, so what was a guy who's not the father of your child doing at your doctor's appointment? Well, where were you, sir? Then I say to him, because the father of this child was a no-show, even after I told him. Then he says, there's more to this than, there's more I know about you and this guy than you think I know. I say to him, you know what, I... I'm dealing with a whole lot of things, feelings, (laughs) hormones, emotions, and work on top of that. I don't think I want to have this conversation right now and also at my office. So if you really want to have this conversation with me, let's do it a bit later. Then he says, no, I want to have it now. Then I said, no, 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 no. I've always told you this. We can't always be dealing with the issues or talking about things at your convenience. This is my place of work. Yeah. And, I am certain after a conversation with you, I'm drained and will probably struggle to focus and work. So I'm not having it. You're not about to ruin my day. Please go. He grabs me by the wrist as I'm about to walk away. Then I'm shaking. I'm looking at him 
And I said to him, are you sure you want to do this? Mm. He lets go. I trip and fall. And the security guy from my office runs to me. And don't think this guy stopped or anything. No. The moment I'm down there, then the security guard is running to me to see what's going on. He's helping me up. This guy's getting into his car and driving off. Mm. Now I'm crying. And this guy, obviously, because he's male, now you're trying to help a lady get up. You're also trying to be appropriate and know where to touch as you're helping this woman get up. Mm. You also have questions to ask, ma'am, what's going on? So now this guy's confused. I can see the confusion in his face, but I cannot say anything to him. Mm. He walks me to the door and he simply says to me, do you want me to call someone? I said, no. Mm. I get into my office, try to finish the day's work, and my the next person I could call was Msindisi. Mm. He says to me, what happened? Now I'm just hysteric. I'm just hysterical. I'm crying and I'm not saying anything. He shows so with Msindisi, we worked together, but just because our company our organizations collaborated for so many projects, not necessarily one organization. Mm-hmm. So we're in each other's faces and spaces a lot. He shows up at my office. He says to me, what happened? I then explained to him what happened. Then his question was just to me, how bad does it have to get? How bad do you want him to be there mm-hmm. for you to be taking such from him? Then I couldn't even answer him. I simply said to him, I don't know. He says, okay, fine. That's fine. Let's go home. He takes me to my house. I'm settled. He leaves. Then, so all those moments, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm thinking my logical brain is saying to me, how much more does this guy really have to do to show you that he doesn't care? Mm. What more does he have to do? So prior to all the traveling and everything, there was one incident, Chinto, that now was that now I I was remembering during all this this months and weeks, you know, that showed me this guy does not really care about me. Mm. I got into an incident with robbers where they took me in their car, stole from me, took everything from me and everything. And the one so when they, they dropped me off at a very like you know, those remote areas and everything. Those robbers then dropped me off there. Mm. It was a traumatic experience. And then, so the moment I got to where I could find people, the guy I saw, I told him the story, the first person I, I met. Then he says to me, so do you have anyone you can call? We can mm. come and pick mm. you up because mm. you're not in a stage to be traveling or anything. And Kaya was the first person I thought of. Mm. As most of my family was not in Harare. I call Kaya. I say to Kaya, this is what happened. So can you please pick me up? I regretted that decision, Tinto. I should have just called an Uber or something and gone to my house or the police. He comes and he says to me, and that's the dress you were wearing today. Shocker, these guys didn't rape you. What? You gotta be joking. 
<laughs> um, shaking. Had a near-death experience with four guys who took me in their car. And I just called you. This happened a few minutes ago. And the best thing you can say to me is comment on the length of my dress and tell me it's a shocker that these guys did not rape or assault me. Mm. I got to the police station. Um, he meets people that he knows at the police station. And I thought, Mr. You're here for my moral support. So why are you catching up with your homies or whatever? But then I was just like, okay, no, I need to get this over and done with. I finished making my reports. Then I got to my office. I just tell the boss what happened. And then they said, you know what? You need time out. Go and rest. Mm-hmm. Come back when you're, when you're okay. And then he had already gone. So then I call, I call someone else to come get me from the office to take me home. And that's it. Now I'm using Instagram and everything to tell my family and close people what had happened that just in case you're looking for me, I have no phone whatsoever. So yeah. try not to get a hold of me. This is where you can find me. So now all those incidents are now coming together and I'm thinking, okay, so really if people, if another guy is asking me how bad this has to get, honestly, Nubia, how bad really should it get? Mm. And again, time went by, still nothing. And CNDC again is just coming in hard and, and being extra. He, one day I didn't, I was just off the radar. No, no social media, nothing. He shows up at my house. He says to me, Cindy says to me, you're unavailable with everything that's going on around you. I'm worried. I'm not saying you're suicidal or anything, but I'm just worried about you. Mm. Because I kept saying to him, I'm tired. Like can this part of my life just end? I'm done. Then he says to me, I'm not saying you're suicidal, but I really just am worried from your statements and everything that's been going on. Then I shouted at this guy. I mm. said to him, you know what? What if Kaya comes and then you're here, you're going to mess up my relationship that I'm trying to fix and uh. everything. <laughs> then he says to me, it's fine. I just came here to just check on you. Now that I, I saw you, you're breathing. It's fine. I'm leaving. This guy leaves. A few minutes later, what does Msindisi do? There's a delivery of flowers and chocolates for me and a card. Him saying, I'm so sorry that you're going through what you're going through. And I hope that things work out for you. This is a guy just shouted at Tinto. Who doesn't have any responsibility to be making sure I'm okay or anything? Then he leaves. Then the following day, I apologized to him for the rant and everything. The weekend of that week, he calls one of my friends, my closest friends. He says to her, your friend is not okay. I just want you to take her out and you guys have fun. Just try make her, try leave her old life. The bill is on me. Just let me know where you guys are at. Then that's fine. My friend comes, picks me up. We go and we're just trying to eat and just have fun, catch up and everything. And she's trying to cheer me up. Then Cindy shows up at the place where I am with my friend. 
And guess who also shows up? Ah, yeah, yeah, Kaya. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, by now I think I can safely ask, how was Kaya tracking you? Tinto, to this very day, we'll get to that at the end of the story, but okay, to this very right. day, mm. I'm still trying to figure that out. We get to, we get to this part, um, he shows up, Cindy sees this guy. My friend sees this guy before me. So now the, you know, you know, when the people you, around you are try, uh, having conversations with their eyes and they're trying to make sure that you don't find out that they're having a conversation. That's what, that's what was happening. Those two were trying to communicate and probably wanted to take me out of the place before I find out that he's there. Mm. But well, sadly, no, Kaya had to make a scene somehow. So he goes to he goes to a table where I could see him. Mm. Then he he sends me a message. Then he says, "I guess now we know who the baby daddy is." Mm. This is a guy who has never touched my bum, let alone anything. Who's being accused of? Who I'm being accused of cheating with? Then he says to me. So now they saw I was on my phone and I'm a bit shaken. Then my friend grabs my phone from me. She sees the messages. She's about to walk to Kaya. Cindy grabs and then he's like, it's not worth it. This is going to be a sin. Mm. So either we stay and act normal or we, we're the ones who walk out. Then my friend says, no, we cannot be the ones who are leaving this place because of him. Let's stay. Mm. We stay, but I'm evidently disturbed. Then Cindy is saying, is saying, no, you know what, let's just settle the bill and we move. That's what we did. And then we left the place. Um, weeks pass. Um, then now I'm, it's, it's real. It's reality. This guy is a no-show. Mm. I simply sent him a message and I say to him, you know what? I've really been trying and I've been holding on to the good days that we've heard and hoping that it's counted for something. Mm. And it, that those little, those few days gave me a little hope and a little bit of sunshine and rainbow, but it's clear you don't want to be a part of this journey. So that's fine. Um, I'm not going to bother you ever again. I'm not going to text you. I'm not going to call you. I'm just done. Mm. You, you've accused, accused uh, me of cheating on you and you've already given me another baby daddy. So if ever in your life you'd want to do a DNA test, you know where to find me. Reach out if ever that happens. Mm. But for now, I'm done and I'm out. And there was no response, nothing. A week later, he says to me, maybe we could do that DNA test. Then I say to him, it's definitely not going to be on my account. Mm -hmm. If you want to do it, you're going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do it before the baby is born or do you want to do it after the baby is born? Mm -hmm. Then he says, for me to be there, I need to do it um, before the baby is born. Then I said, 
your business, do read on the effects, do read on the process and get back to me. And let me know when you want to do it. Mm. And that was it. Then, so I then started having, I was losing weight. Literally looking like Johnny Bravo with the big head and the big Bravo upper body. With and big head, wow. <laughs> with, with the big upper body and skinny legs. I was losing weight mm. and I couldn't eat properly. Then I started, I started having discomfort when I was sleeping. Mm. So generally I do not, when I'm having my monthly cycle, I do not have cramps whatsoever. Mm. So I was getting all crammed up. And it felt, you know, when you when you're working out and you do that walk outreach and you've got this this pain, like your back is locked, you know, on your waist area, that side. I was mm-hmm. feeling that like I just had to go to a chiropractor or something because somehow that part of my my back was locked. Mm-hmm. And also now I was having abdominal pains. <laughs> Excuse me. So I was home sleeping. Mm. Then I felt my anders get moist. Mm-mm. Then and I'm having abdominal pains. Mm. Then I text my friend because my friend had a baby, had a daughter. I text my friend. I said, you know what? I'm having abdominal pains, and I'm not sure what's going on right now. I got to the bathroom. There was just I'd spotted there's just a bit, a few spots of blood, mm. and. He says to me, sporting is normal. It's not hectic. Are you bleeding heavy? I said, no, it's just sporting. She says, okay, that's fine. Let's, let's try sleep. And we, and tomorrow we, if it's worse, we go to the doctor. I said, fine. Coming from a pregnant, from coming from a mother to someone who's the first time mom also, Mm. this could be normal. I sleep, but still I could get up with, from the abdominal pains. And then I literally slept with my back on the wall. I couldn't Mm. lie on the bed. Then I I go to work, the pain is a bit better. Mm. Then so it, it would hit and then stop. I was having abdominal cramps and then they would come and then they would stop. They'd come and then would stop. Then I say to her, okay, I don't know about this being normal, like you said, but trust me, I don't like how I'm feeling right now. These mm. cramps are hectic. Mm. Then she's okay, fine. So let's make an appointment. So that you go see your your guy near. Then guess what? I just signed a new contract. So now I had a whole orientation afternoon and about the project that I was supposed to be doing. So I was literally just breathing in and out through the day. Mm. And I failed to make an appointment that day. Mm. My friend calls me shouting at me. And she's saying to me, ma'am, between money and your health or your life, what's more important? You really cannot be living like this, especially in your state. If it was just another stomach ache or cramp and you're not pregnant, I would say, okay, let's move this to next week. But no, you're pregnant. We need to make that appointment. Then I say, that's fine. I call the, I call the doctor's office to say, my guy, and he says, um, the, they only had an opening for like 11.30 in the morning. Mm. I said, no, that's fine. I can, I can leave to 11.30. That's okay. Then I actually texted Kaya and I say to him, so he had a doctor friend who was also a guy. Then I say to him, I'm not feeling well. I'm not feeling too good. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm not sure. I know I, I know I told you I don't I'm not going to text you anything, but I just need your I just need your friend's number because I'm not well and then my guy is saying only that they only have a sport for me only after eleven thirty. And I think I might need to do this first thing in the morning. Mm. He does not respond to me. He ignores me. My friend actually also then texts him mm. to say she's not well. He ignores my friend also. I text him Cindy C and he says, so what are you still doing at home? Should I come get you and take you to the doctor? Then I said, no, my, my appointment is only 2.11 tomorrow. Then he says, but don't you think you're supposed to do it earlier? Then I said, but I can't, I cannot push this guys to a time earlier. Then he says, okay, no, that, that's fine. Just let me know how it goes. The following day, Everything seems normal to him too. The normal abdominal pains and I had to leave the city before eleven mm. thirty. Now this project was very important. So in this in a way I was also thinking, okay, now that the pain has stopped, so should I say this should I tell the guys at work that I cannot do this this trip or should I just go for the trip since it's a two day trip, then come back, cancel the eleven thirty appointment as I feel okay. Mm. Then I didn't tell my friend because I know she was going to. I knew she was going to freak out. I cancelled the eleven thirty appointment. My doctor calls me, and he says, "Honestly, no, you're not going to go on that trip before you come in here." Then I said, "No, that's fine. It's just another. It's just a day. I'm back tomorrow." Then she says, "No, you are coming in. Come in now, if that's the case." I go to the doctor's appointment. They say everything seems okay. You're fine. Mm. Probably just something that happened, but then you're really okay. So you can go. I say, that's fine. I travel and the, what was supposed to be a two-day trip becomes a five-day trip. Mm. Now on the fifth day that I was supposed to travel back, all hell breaks loose. I can't get off my bed. I am suffering from abdominal pains and the pain is also back uh, is the pain at the back is back now. Mm. I cannot. I'm bleeding. It's not heavy, but I'm bleeding in panic attack in, in panic mode. I call my, my gynae. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what? Remember you said I'm okay on that day. I don't think I am. She says, mm. what's going on? Mm. I say, I'm bleeding. And I can't move. I'm suffering. Where are you? Girl is not in the city. Girl is at some remote place. And the hotel I'm staying in, I don't even know where any, any of my colleagues are staying, like which rooms are they and all of that. Mm. I call him Zindisi. I say, do it. I don't know what's happening. But all I can tell you is, I am suffering and I'm in pain. He mm. says, so what's the plan? I said, I don't know what the plan is. Then he says, okay, you know what? I've got a friend where you are. Let me get, let me try to get hold of him. This takes for about 30, 45 minutes. His friend says to me, where, where Nubia is, if they're to get the best thing that they can get as a clinic, 
and I'll let I'll tell you because of how remote the place she's at is, they can hardly do much to help. Mm. The beast probably is a painkiller. So what I'm going to do is go get her mm-hmm. and bring her back to the city. That's the best I can do. Mm-hmm. Because if she's ever going to go to that clinic, the best she's going to get is a painkiller. Mm-hmm. I get there. He comes probably two hours or so later. Um, he helps me pick everything. I just text my colleagues. I have an emergency, a medical emergency. I'm out. We get to the city. I call my friend. I said, yo, I'm back in the city. Things don't look good. I'm suffering. So my friend kept saying under her breath, I hope it's not what I'm thinking. I hope it's not what I'm thinking. In my head, I'm thinking, but you you guys say abdominal pains, cramps here and there, sporting here and there is normal. So, okay, I don't know why you're freaking out like that. Then she simply said, um, okay, I'm coming to the hospital. That's it. I said, oh, okay. But at the same time, I'm puzzled. Why is she freaking out like that? By this time, the pain is coming and going again. It's coming and going. Cindy calls me. He says to me, how are you feeling? I'm on my way to the hospital. How are you? Are you okay? I say to him, well, the pain seems better now, but it's coming. It hits you and it goes. The cramps hit and they go. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm waiting for the gynae to come. Mm-hmm. The lady comes and she says to me, how are you feeling? You know how doctors are. They're trying to make me all comfortable. And then she's looking at CNDC and then she's not looking at me. I said, oh, okay. Then she said, okay, so we need to get you on the, we need to get you into the exam room. We need to do another scan and everything. And she asked me, how is your blood? How's your blood flow? How's the blood coming out? I said, no, the last time it was sporting, but this time I'm actually bleeding. It's not sporting. Mm-hmm. She says, okay, no, that's fine. My brain mind, my friend had texted Kaya. I had, and I had called him also to say, yo, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And they say, and there was no response, nothing. The doctor does the, um, we do the scan and is no heartbeat. Mm. So, and then moment. So I was in pain. Mm. So those the moments where I would close my eyes when the pain hits, and then I would open my eyes once the pain is gone. You know, there is the copying mechanism in that moment. Mm -hmm. So now I'm looking at the screen and so she kept, she kept, you know, trying to do the scan and everything and went on for a few, for a minute or two or so. And then she's looking at Cindy who's in the room with me, but she's not looking at me. So now he looks as he looks disturbed. Mm. Now he just so he simply was holding he simply held my hand. And then she says to me, I'm sorry. There's no heartbeat. Mm. And then I say, What do you mean? There's no heartbeat. And then she says, This is an incomplete miscarriage. 
it's ongoing. That's why you're bleeding and that's why there's pain. Now I'm in a state of shock and I'm asking her and freaking out. But the last time I was here, you said, I'm okay. Mm. And the supporting was okay. So what do you mean days later that I'm having a miscarriage? I'm in the middle of of a miscarriage. What exactly is that? What's an incomplete miscarriage? What are you on about? What's going on? So I'm on that bed in the exam room, Tinto. The guy who's holding my hand is not my boyfriend. Mm. And the journey that as interesting and scary as it was that I'd gotten, that I'd accepted and I'd gotten used to, I'd accepted the fact that I'm pregnant with some guy who doesn't care, but somehow that journey rather came to an end before it actually started. So now um, I'm in a state of shock and my heart is breaking. Mm. My heart is breaking and I just asked this, okay, so what's the plan? What happens after all of this? And then she says, because it's an incomplete miscarriage, I have to do an evac, which is also a painful process. Mm. So I don't know if you want to do this tonight or do you want to do it tomorrow? Then I say to her, is there any danger in me not doing it tonight and doing it tomorrow? Can I just breathe and deal with everything? And then she says to me, that's fine. But I actually have to admit you in hospital. I cannot take you. I cannot let you go home. Mm-hmm. I say, that's fine. She, they printed out the report and everything. Then they handed it to me and the meds. Mm-hmm. following day so that night Tinto, I would not wish the pain the physical and the mental pain I would not wish it on my worst enemy mm-hmm. never I smelled death because there was a time I the pain got too much and I was literally on the hospital floor crawling to the bathroom and with the hospital gown, I just got into the shower hoping that at least the warm water would numb my pain. I was in there for a good two hours of my life screaming because I was in excruciating pain. But during all of this, Kaya was nowhere to be found. Hmm. I wake up the following day. They did the evac of cleaning the womb and everything. And yeah, trust me, (laughs) I 
don't want to ever go through that ever again in my life. Life is still rubbish. Uh, so the following day, I sent Kaya the doctor's report and everything. I sent pictures to him. Then he says to me, which doctor did you go to? Oh, Jesus. I said to him, I don't have the time for this. <laughs> it's okay. You do you. I'll do me. So remember, I was starting a new project. But physically, I'm not yet okay. But I could not afford to take more than a week off work. So my body is not 100. Yeah. My brain is not 100. Mm. But I decided to go back to work because I was starting a new project and I had to go back. So it was a situation where I constantly had to do breathing exercises when I'm in the office. So when I feel the pain, when I feel the cramps, I had to do breathing exercises. I had to have um, a heat pad or a hot water bottle so that I can get through the day. Then, so I randomly spoke to my, to the girl who used to do my hair and I said, you know what, I've just gone through something quite traumatic and I need something that I can control, something to make me feel new. So I think I'm going to cut my hair, mm. right? I had long natural hair. And she said to me, no, how about you come in? I color your hair. If you don't like it, then we cut it. Mm. I said, that's fine. I get in, we color my hair, get a new hairstyle. I said, oh, okay, maybe I can, we can do this. I can keep it. Cindy calls me and he says, do you need anything for the house? I was actually getting groceries for my house. Do you need anything? Then I, tell, I told him the stuff that I, I needed for, for my house. And he says, okay, so where are you? Are you at home so I can drop the stuff off or where are you? Then I said, I'm at the, I'm at the hair salon. He said, okay, so mm. when you're done, then I'll just bring them to you or I'll just bring them to you. Tell me when you're home, I'll bring them to your house. Then I said, okay. Then I told him, I can't see you just after. Then he says, why? Then I said, Kaya says he wants to talk. Then he says to me, you're still giving this guy your time. And your energy. Mm. You're crazy. And I said, let's just hear what he has to say. And this is, and we're done. So the miscarriage, um, I had the miscarriage in October, 8 October 2021. Mm. Then, so we have, so he comes. Then I told him, I'll meet you at the house. And whilst I was, so whilst I was getting my hair done, I started bleeding again. Oh. I, well, thank God for handbags. And so I, I had sanitary in, in my bag, but it was too heavy 
for my sanitary. So I spoiled the shorts I was wearing. I was wearing khaki, a pair of khaki shorts. So when I left the salon, I had my a denim jacket wrapped around my waist because I didn't have a change of clothes. Then I said, I'm leaving. Mm. I get to the house. I just get in and then Kaya says, I'm at your gate. I get out. Then I told him, I need to freshen up and then I'll come and talk to you. Then he says, no, we're having this conversation right here, right now. Mm-mm. I said, okay, if it makes you feel better, please say what you want to say. So, Tinto, I was leaning on the boot of the car because my body was not 100 in that moment. I had spent the day at the salon. Now there's this bleeding that just came from nowhere, which came with cramps. And all I wanted was a hot bath, a cup of tea and sleep. But this guy insisted that we talk. Then he says to me, After everything that happened, explain to me why I'm seeing DC. Was the one who was with you at the hospital? Really? Yes. So he says to me, Why was Cindy the one with you at the hospital? Then I said to him, It does not take genes to be a parent. You can be a father, you can be a mother, despite no blood relation with the child. Mm. So, as he wanted to be a father to my child, I'll still take it. If he wanted to be here for me, I took it. So, if you've got nothing else to say to me, sir, please. I don't have the emotional bandwidth, or the physical bandwidth, to be here right now having a conversation about this with you. So if that's all that you had, get the fuck out of my face Mm. and let me be. I'm tired. The shock on this guy's face, he says to me, so that's how it's going to be. I said, yes, because if after a miscarriage, the first thing you're going to say to me is not, I'm so sorry for what you went through or I'm sorry for not being there. Is asking me about a man who was there. Then fuck off. Mm. I got up because I was leaning on his car, got into my house. He waited. Then he left. Maybe he was hoping at, at some point I was going to come back out, but I did not. Now, the, now more drama started. So at my office, I then realized, and Tinto, this guy never at any point, never, ever, just sent me a text, not a card or flowers or whatever, sent me a text or called to say, I'm so sorry about what you went through. How are you holding up? No, nothing. Like when I say nothing, I mean the same way we never had the conversation about the pregnancy is the same way we never had the conversation about the miscarriage. Mm. So now I simply say to him, no, you know what? That's fine. You do, I'm going to do me. Then I went to, my body was getting, was getting there. I was getting back better. I was getting, I was getting back slowly, but surely. Then. 
one of the days I simply said to myself, but why do I keep talking to this guy? Why do I keep entertaining him? Why do Mm -hmm. I even still have his number? Why does he still have access to me after everything? Yeah. So I then realized that after um, every time someone would come to my office, be it it's business or it's a friend just popping by to say hi, the guy would used to do the grounds, the caretaker would constantly be walking past my window. Mm-mm. And so then every time this, and this is every time there was someone in my office, if I'm alone, no, it's fine. Or if it's someone within the office who's visited me, it's okay. But the moment there's someone who drove in and popped by and they're in my office, this caretaker would be just maneuvering and walking around like an mm. unclean spirit lost in darkness. Unclean <laughs> spirit lost in darkness. <laughs> Brilliant. So uh. I then put two and two together. Then mm-hmm. I realized this guy was paid to watch my moves. Yo. Then I went out, I confronted, I spoke to my bosses before I confronted him. I told my bosses my situation that I do think I was in love with the stalker, mm. psycho X. So this is what's happening. So I think this guy is involved. Then I went to him. Then I said to him, if anything, anything, if I lose a nail or a strand of her to this guy, know that you are involved and I will not spare you. My people will not spare you, mister. How much does this guy even pay you? Then he says, no, he doesn't pay me. He told me you're his wife and I always have to be on the lookout for him just in case. I said, just in case what? Mm. How much is this guy actually paying you? Then he didn't say, he didn't respond to whatever he was, whatever the arrangement was. That's it. He left. Then I realized Tinto later on after mm. this whole thing mm. that he would constantly follow me around. This guy would actually physically follow me around. The caretaker. No. Oh, Kaya. Yeah. Mm, Kaya yeah. Mm. And guess what? Mm. Because now I was just done and I said this is this is rubbish. This sham of a relationship is over. Guess what he decided to do? Mm. He wanted to make me as miserable as he is. So he's, do you know what he resorted to? Mm. Cyberbullying and harassment. Mm. So I'll post anything. And if it has to do with work, my project just was successful. Just finished my project. My event was a success and whatever. Mm. Then it would be, in, you'd find him in the comment section. Mm. And then he's saying all the vile things that he could say. Mm. And let me give you one recent thing that he did. When I don't know if you saw, if you know the story of um, this Zimbabwean media personality, Rufeneko. Yeah, I know her. Well, not personally, but know of her. Yes. So this lady had an had IVF, and she was pregnant with twins, mm-hmm. but somehow she lost the babies. Mm-hmm. So she was, I think she was now posting because she then went quiet on social media. I'm sure she was trying to deal with everything. So she then came back to social media and was saying that she's back and it's been a tough journey, whatever. But Mm. now she's back and she's healing. Then I simply said that um, 
it's sad that this happens after after the whole journey when it when there's pain there's supposed to be results people get into labor it's painful and you come out with your baby then when it's pain and no baby it just doesn't make sense you ask god all kinds of questions mm. then he responded with a ghost account and he says i don't know how abortion is painful what so uh, yeah so i'm just there like okay wait a minute so surprisingly i wasn't checking my mentions it was just in my notifications right mm-hmm. then i got to my mentions wasn't the men having a ball with my name on twitter mm. mentioning me in all the weird posts weird tweets anything that's got that's demeaning of women and everything you'll you'll find my name mentioned there by mm. so many ghost accounts mm. so because so because of this right i then i constantly am in a place where when my phone rings it's a trigger when a notification comes in it's a trigger i freak out even if it's <laughs> even if it's money if it's a bank uh, notification the moment oh, yeah, that my yeah, phone yeah. vibrated yeah, and it's yeah, a notification yeah. i freak out i don't know how many times i've deactivated my social media accounts and i'm trying to find a way of filing a report and because the sad part is that this guy doesn't not does not use his actual names in these accounts mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but with some of the places that he puts the comments you can track the ip address and all of that mm-hmm. so that's the only way that once i get that that's the only way i'll then be able to file that complaint and prove okay so this is the guy behind all these other accounts because tento the moment i block him today mm. be sure you're sure of the fact that tomorrow he's got another account that's ready to torment harass and bully me online mm. i've moved three times since october 20 since november 2021 i've moved to three different neighborhoods jesus i cannot post anything in real time never yeah because now i don't know which which of the people who follow me is him yeah my friends always sometimes we then make it a joke of the things that i notice when we're in certain places mm-hmm. because now they're saying to me how did you notice that and then i tell them are you forgetting i'm always on high alert yeah in public spaces yeah. so i'm grateful that i live to tell the story and it's it's a journey obviously but then There's so many times that I look back and I said you should have chosen you. Right? Mm. You really should have chosen you. So many on so many occasions you should have chosen you. But then at the same time maybe I had to go through the experience to learn and get to talk about it. So I'm in that space where in my head I simply say what exactly goes on in this guy's mind 
because yeah. on so many occasions he made me feel like I had a problem. And one thing also is that he didn't want, even when you say, oh, so this person is coming to pick me up for lunch or this person just brought me flowers. This person got me this gift. It didn't sit well with him because he wanted to be the center of everything in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's going to take you home. I'm the one who's going to buy you dinner. I'm the one who's going to make you dinner. He had to be the center of it all. Now, now that other people can do that for me, somehow it just rubbed him off the wrong way because somehow I guess it fit into his insecurities. Yeah. So yeah, Tintu, this is my story. I have a psycho stalker ex who two years down the line is still trying to ruin my life. Oh, I also lost my job because I couldn't function and I was having anxiety and panic yeah, attacks at the yeah, office. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I also lost my job because of that relationship. If it counts for anything. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse my voice. So, in some, you know, um, there's, a, there's a Cyber Data Protection Act. Yeah. That, that, that I'm sure you already know of. And you can Please. you can make reference to it because you're talking about how he doesn't use his real identity, but then an IP address can track to that individual. So one of the things that could work in your favor, in quotes, is um, the use of a term that is known as personally identifiable information, which is PII. Mm-hmm. And all that refers to is any information, whether it is real or in the form of an alias, that helps you positively identify an individual. So I can present myself as Tintolicious uh, Litorious, yeah, on social media. Yes. That pseudonym, that alias, is attributable to me. It's personally identifiable information, but then it's just been uh, obfuscated. Well, I've tried mm-hmm. to mask it. However, if you pull back at it, what, what, what they really rely on is of those elements, whether they're real or false, which of them can they piece together to positively identify someone? Okay. So he can have himself on social media as Kaya, which is not his real name, right? But yes. as long as Kaya can be associated through device fingerprinting to a specific computer of a certain brand with a certain IP address, used constantly from a certain location, the identity of that person becomes more positive. Yeah. And if they're able to trace that positivity, then we can start talking about the Cyber and Data Protection Act of 2021. And what that basically does is, if we're going to look at Article 164B in Uh particular, right? What that says... um, is uh, and, and, and I'm just reading this straight from, from the law itself, is any person who unlawfully or intentionally by means of a computer or information system generates and sends any data message to another person. So if Kaya posts on Twitter yes. or posts on any other material by electronic medium accessible by another person, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, comma, with the intent to coerce, intimidate, harass, threaten, bully, or cause substantial emotional distress, which you've experienced the whole time you've been telling this story, 
or to degrade, which he continues to do, to humiliate, demean the person of another, or encourage a person to harm himself or herself, shall be guilty of an offense. So all of this versus what you've just described really, really puts Kaya in this position where he is actually bullying and harassing you. And the offense put, uh, makes them liable to a fine not exceeding level 10 um, or imprisonment for a period of not exceeding 10 years or both. Such fine and such imprisonment. And then I won't go into the, the other bits of what Article 14, uh, 164C says because they all point into the same thing to say, if you're feeling that somebody's making you feel emotionally distressed, which you are, and you're now suffering anxiety attacks at work, so you've had financial loss, you've got now no, no dealing with your mental health and emotional issues, you've got a real case. Yeah. So the day will never come when Kai will say, hey, it's me who's doing all of this. But, but, but you have an opportunity to start putting some things in, in line for yourself, which is lining up personally identifiable information, okay, and getting traces of that. I, I know enough people within this space who could help you track IP addresses if that is required for the purpose of your personal safety, not for you being creepy. Yes. But if something is making you feel uncomfortable, you can actually go to data uh, experts, cyber experts, computer experts and say, this is happening to me. Um, this is the information that I have available. I may want to get support for my personal safety from the police and from the law. Yeah. As long as you're transparent and you're not being creepy or sneaky about it. Okay. You should be okay. Okay, thank you for that, Chinto. Uh, yeah, that was a, yeah, that was that was a lot, um, Nubia, to 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 digest from 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 someone, and and for you to have to move three times is is all of what this information around making you feel comfortable in cyber and data protection is about. It's really got to do with the rights and freedoms of the individual, and you have a right to enjoy the comfort of your home. Yeah. Privately. And if you can't because you have to move because somebody's stalking you, you've got a real, real, real problem. Yeah. But thank you for, for sharing that. Um, and I'll just, you know, I'll just play back your lessons as I close this out. Lesson number one is you are the realest MVP. Take care of you and choose you. One hundred percent there's so many ways that you could have chosen yourself but because you'll probably be a selfless individual you know and you thought about the other person first but unfortunately they didn't put you first that's number one number two yeah guard your mental health at all times um i think guarding it is easily one of the most difficult things for anybody to do because half the time we don't realize we're now dealing with mental health issues until we are too far gone we're in it, yeah. You know, you're in it and you're too far gone. So if you can, and I'm sure now, because you've been in that space before, you have a sense of what it feels like. And if you start getting a it's sense true. that, oh, I'm, 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 I'm getting to that place where my mental health is getting a bit messed up with, you act immediately. Yes, definitely. And then number three, a failed relationship doesn't translate to you being the problem 100%. He's dealing with a whole lot of stuff that was really none of your problem from his past. Number four, yeah. manipulation can make you feel a lot, um, may, may, may feel a lot like love. Be careful. And, and I get it. 
A lot of people thrive on manipulation as a way of trying to show that they are in love in quotes when they really aren't. Sure. Number five, forgive and heal for you. Couldn't I can't say more to that. Number six, no one has the power to break you unless you give it to them. That is correct. But again, breaking loose of that is is not it's it's very similar to lesson number two about guarding your mental health. That sometimes you don't realize how much power you're giving to someone until it's too late. So yeah. so you know, if you can, if you can, if you can see it within yourself that oof, okay, I need to break away from this, you know, give it your best shot and go. Number seven, if we are breathing, there's still hope. Man, this is literally what I was saying, that I'm grateful I'm having this conversation with you over the phone. Because yeah. just like that bouncer said, that ma'am, if you're not careful, uh, you know, you're going to be in a casket. We'll find you dead. You know, that's what yeah. you're saying. So and you are still breathing and there is still hope. And honestly, I'm grateful to God you are. And then last but not least, you could also be a villain. So take responsibility. Yeah, well, hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We, we can. I'm just struggling to see where you were the villain here. The only difficulty maybe was that um, maybe it, it took you a while to realize how deep in the trenches you were. And that is normal. Because yeah. if, if you are hooked on to someone, or if you love someone or enjoy them so much, you might not be able to see just how far deep you are in something. Sure. But hey, you've been listening to another episode of The Feeling Station. I'm your host, Tinto, and I will catch you in next weekend's episode. Zero am I? Zero am I? Love is a dying. Rudoy motor, no talk. Zero am I?